Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off of your next order. It's Tuesday at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We've got a note from Bill Daly talking about the NHL's prospective start date. Will it still be January 1st? What is the league waiting for in terms of nailing down some of its final plans? We've got a great bit from Lockdown Senators podcast. They had an interview with Tim Stutzla, where he talked about his relationship with Mo Sider. We also have a note on Big Mo's status for the 2021 World Junior Championships. It's all coming up next in a Tuesday edition of Locked On Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. Today is Tuesday, November 24th, 2020. I'm your host, Detroit Sports Editor Nolan Bianchi, and today alongside with me, as always, is longtime Red Wings fan and Snapchat receiver Ethan Smith. Ethan, what's going on? How are you? Don't think I didn't hear that. Yeah, yeah, that was, sorry, forgot to turn off my, uh, the sound. The it's nice to be here. It's nice to be seen. It's nice to be snapped. Happy Tuesday. It's Thanksgiving week. Do you have any uh, any any special plans for Thanksgiving? No, it all got canceled because a bunch of people uh, around my life have gotten uh, popped with that Rony virus. So, oh no, it's like it's just going to be. Uh, I did not know that. Just some people in the family. Okay? Everybody's fine. Now everybody's okay. Right. And it's nobody's nobody's in the hospital or anything. But you know, trying to not do that. I don't want to get the Rony. Do you have uh, a, a preferred dish, a side dish on Thanksgiving? Are you a stuffing guy? You, uh, I'm just struggling to think of any Thanksgiving sides. Mashed potatoes? Uh, cranberry's good. Cranberry's oh, a little underrated. You would. you would. Love cranberry. That is so predictable. Not like cranberry. That is so good. <laughs> You're a That's loser, so no predictable. One. Dude, cranberry's good. Um, I disagree. Turkey's bomb comes out oh, of that. Man. Comes out of that can. It like maintains yep. its shape when it hits the plate. That's gross, dude. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Mash it up. It's good. Put it in a bunch of stuff. Um. Anyway, I'd say uh, <laughs> make sure you have some champagne. I'm definitely gonna get some champagne. Um. Probably just gonna hang out all day. Nice. Fun. Okay. For what you. about you? What about you? Uh, I'll be at the Lions game. So fun. That'll be uh, a good time, maybe. We need to talk uh, about them after you're done talking about. What well, let's talk. Well, let's talk about them. Well, what? Because they lost maybe one of the worst games that a professional sports franchise in my city has ever lost, ever. A twenty to nothing beatdown by an XFL QB. Lions had two interceptions in the end zone. Still scored zero points. Still got beat twenty to nothing. Teams are just absolute garbage. I don't. I just don't get how. Um, one, if you're a person that actually looks forward to them and have <laughs> has hope at this point, it, I'd love to talk to you and just pick your mind on how that works. Um, you know, I don't know how Matt Patricia has a job. I don't know how people aren't calling out Martha Ford at this point. She doesn't own the team anymore. Out. It's oh, uh, well, she passed Ford it family. on. Passed it doesn't on. Doesn't matter. Sheila Hamp, any of them. Ford. Any of them doesn't yeah. matter to me. So 
Get Sheila on the phone. Ask her what, what the plan is here over the next decade of the next rebuild we're going to have to go through. <laughs> the team's embarrassing. We pass on Tua and we take Okuda. And poor Jeff has to be the first cornerback on this team as a rookie. And Tua's just starting to light it up in, in Miami. Ooh, shocker. Yeah. I hate this team. Okuda got dunked on a couple times yesterday too. And he was uh, – he was – he was m- largely a rotational piece, which is not what you want out of the third overall pick. Uh, so that's kind of a bummer. Yeah, I mean, whatever, dude. And this it, team is a bummer. <laughs> it makes me feel better about, like, watching the Red Wings, though. Like, that's the nice thing about the Red Wings and the difference between, like, the Lions with any other sports team is it's, like, with any other sports team, you have a point of reference. You have something to look back on. You have reasons to look forward. Lions don't have either of those. No, and they they never have. I have a question for you. So what's it like? Like, are you rooting for the Lions to be good still? Or like when you go to Ford Field to watch these games and, you know, obviously do what you do. I mean, it's like, do you, are you like, oh, wow, this team. Wow. Yeah. Just flat out embarrassing. That's what I'm thinking. What do you have to like? Main, I mean, I'm, I know you have to maintain a certain sense of professionalism, but I mean, every single person, every account I see, every you know story I see is just how horrible this team is, and how inept our coaching is, and our ownership, and it's it's laughable. I'm so happy. I'm an anti Lions fan. Yeah, so uh, I'm pretty much just along for the ride. Whatever happens, happens. I'll, although, like, if any journalist tells you that your stories and quality of work life isn't better when teams are good. They're lying to you. Uh, Like, and it's always funny. Like, Oh, I don't root for teams. Like, no, but you root for your own self-interest. And if the team loses in the conference final, as opposed to making the Stanley cup final, like that's a bonus for you as well. You're going to the Stanley cup final as well. So uh, I wouldn't say I'm like actively rooting for anybody, but uh, I would prefer the entire team to not be pissed off when I talk to them after the game. That's, that's pretty much what I'm going for. Yeah. And last week against the Washington football team, that was the first home win. I've seen like four home wins in the last three seasons there. Jesus, so, man. Uh, after every game, it's guys are angry. Guys are talking shit. Um, so is it yeah. Quiet? Is it quiet in the locker room after or guys chirping and stuff like oh, that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, no, it's quiet in the locker room. And I mean like oh, in, it's it's different this year because they just pick guys to go on Zoom. Uh but yeah, when the team is like like when they were really bad at the end of last year, like that was a miserable locker room to enter after the game. And I as a matter of fact, for the last like four or five games of the season, I always just went into the visitors locker room because I I there was always an angle that I had. Like on Thanksgiving I went to the Bears locker room and I was like, Hey, Mr. Bisky. You just carved up the lines again, you know, like <laughs> chances are there's somebody to talk to. I, when the Cowboys were here last year, I went to the Cowboys locker room after cause they had like 50% of the fans at the game. So I went to go talk to them about that. Like there's always, usually I'll try and craft a story from the other angle that I can get out of the Lions locker room for, but I gotcha. Yeah. yeah, I figured there's really no point in just doing that, asking the same, same questions every single week with the Lions. It's gotta be just awful and it is like you go to the locker room you hear the same things every week like you hear you talk to the guy who messed up uh the 
one or two big plays. And then you go to the veteran guy who like is always willing to talk. My favorite character of the Lions locker room. I, well, I wouldn't say favorite character, but like the most ever present is the veteran player with a winning pedigree who literally cannot figure out what the hell is going on with the Lions. Every single year that I've been there, there's been a player who has won a Super Bowl ring, come into Detroit, and then been like, I have no idea what the problem is. It's really frustrating. Uh, we think it's all there. We go out. It's not all there. And obviously, wow. I think that chalks up to coaching in my mind <laughs> at the end of the day. I, I think uh, – oh, man. Yeah, but like guys like Damon Harrison or like LeGarrette Blount or – uh, I'm trying to think of who are some other guys. Uh, Reggie Ragland uh, this year, Jamie Collins, like those guys, they're just, they come in and you're like, well, what is it? The execution is it the scheme. And they're like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we have pretty good, uh, really good practice all week. We think we should come out and win. And then we just don't. And I've just been hearing that for the last three years. Those are pretty much most of my Lions post game stories. Wow. Have you been around for the majority of Patricia? Or were you there before? I was. I've been uh, there the entire Patricia stint. And this game, actually, to be quite truthful with you, and I, <laughs> I might have brought this up on another episode. Uh, the, I mean, I'm glad I wasn't there for that Sunday or Sunday's game against the Panthers because that was really, really ugly. Uh, but maybe the most demoralizing classic Lions moments. There were two in my first season that really stick out to me, which is year one of the Patricia era. Uh, the one is the Lions were three and three. They started uh, one and three, then they went up to three and three. Then they had, I think the Seahawks playing at home. It was like a big pivotal game. Like if they win, they got a good schedule in front of them, but if they lose, they're in a terrible hole. That's going to be really tough to get out of. So uh, less than two minutes left. Seattle about to punt out of its own end zone. Uh, Michael Dixon receives the punt, realizes that none of the Lions bothered to stick around and make sure that he was actually going to punt it. Uh, and then was just like, oh, okay. Uh, tucked it and then ran for like 25 yards in a first down. The game and the season was over. So while this Panthers <laughs> loss was bad, I think in hindsight, that loss was a little bit worse. Also there for a Hail Mary uh, from Kirk Cousins. That was something. Um, is that last year? Uh, yes. yes. I think I was, was that the first time? Yeah. I think I was at that game. I remember that one. He that, I think it was like his career game too. I think. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Times. So that was another great, actually. I, no. Okay. Sorry. The Hail Mary, that was two seasons ago last year when they played the Vikings at home, it was the game after, uh, that Monday night game against green Bay where they got screwed, but it was like, you know what? We probably should have won the game real close against the chiefs. The, the team is good. Like by mm -hmm. all advanced metrics suggests that the team is actually good. Uh, and then they were so demoralized by the green Bay loss that they came out the next day or the next week against uh, the Vikings. And I think Kirk cousin had like five touchdown passes, yep. 400 and something yards. Uh, and they beat him like 48 to, or Dalvin went off to that 49. Game. To, yeah. It was something 42 to 28 or something like that. Like it was just stupid. Uh, two Thanksgivings in a row getting carved up by Mitch Trubisky. Actually, I think the year before it was Trace Daniel, but uh, nevertheless, just I've seen a lot of awful lines football live. Yeah. So. 
I mean, after we, I went to the, I went to the KC game and I went to the Minnesota game, and that Minnesota, after the Minnesota game, I'm like, all right, I'm I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah, yeah, and I get that. Those <laughs> that that KC game though, that was fun. I was because I was at that one too, and that was uh, that that very much. That was the best energy I've seen in Ford Field since like. I don't know. I went to a Monday night game in like 2010 against the bears when I was in high school or something like that. We're getting way off topic. We actually have just used up our entire segment talking about football. We are going to get to Mo Sider, Tim Stutzla and Bill Daly talking about uh, the start of the NHL, but we have to jump into an ad real quick. We're talking about built bar. That's right, folks. It's the most delicious tasting protein bar on the market. And now with six new flavors, it's more deliciouser than ever before, but I want to focus on something other than taste because we all know about the taste. It's amazing. I want to focus on the nutrients that you're going to be getting. Now I'm somebody who I start to eat carbs. I start to blow up like a balloon. I get on that salt and that sugar high and uh, things just aren't so good. But with Built Bar, I can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. And that's what it's all about for me. Because if I can trick myself into thinking that I'm not eating healthy while I actually am eating healthy, that is going to steer me in the right direction 10 times out of 10. The, uh, the Built Bar, they give you up around 20 grams of protein at the expense of anywhere between only 130 to 150 calories, four grams of sugar, and four grams of net carbs. Right now, when you go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, we are back here at the Locked On Red Wings podcast segment two. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and check out our Friday podcast at the end of this week. We got a good How Do You Feel About It Friday coming for you, and you're not going to want to miss that. But first, we got to jump back into some notes here from Bill Daly. Uh, He was talking on a podcast about what the plans were for the NHL season, whether or not uh, the NHL's January 1st start date is starting to get, or starting to look a little bit unrealistic. And uh, Bill Daly says to him, look, we know there is some urgency here. There is some urgency for making decisions. And while we want to drop the puck on January 1st, we also recognize that we're not going to rush into a bad decision just to make it. I am not confident in the NHL at all at this current juncture. I kind of, I lost most of my confidence in them when they, signed green day to a 25 year deal so <laughs> with no trade clause yeah they're trying no, to get yeah. him to the nba and the nba is like no uh green day is the justin advocator of the nhl <laughs> green day right. won't won't waive their no trade yeah. clause. uh so yeah, right whatever i mean this is this is getting bad right because the nhl made or the nba made its announcement a couple weeks ago that it was going to start on december 22nd if you just look at the timeline of how that would add up, you would have to think that if the NHL is looking to get anything started uh, even remotely soon, I believe to January 1st, less than 40 days away, they're going to really, really have to get rolling. There must be some internal communication with these players about what's going on because there's, I just, there's no way they can start on January 1st and not even have an announcement made on November 23rd. I mean, it'd be one hell of a condensed preseason and training camp. I don't even know how that's going to work. And the logistics of it are uh, of that the training camp and whatnot are uh, particularly complicated 
because uh, the NHL has said that the teams who didn't get to play the seven teams, including the Red Wings, should get an extra week of training camp. And I think at this current point, that's what we all expect. But if you're looking at it from that standpoint, you're saying, okay, well, if training camp is going to start two weeks before the season starts, like, would you do it any later than that, than two weeks before the season starts? I just don't, what I don't get is, is the COVID, all this stuff, dude. Like, I just don't get how, are we going to do it like the NFL is? Is that what the NBA is thinking? Is that what the NHL is thinking? We're just going to roll right through this. We're just going to do herd immunity for all sports players. Yeah. Because, I mean, everybody's <laughs> going to get it if the, if everybody's, what we had like 10,000 on last Friday in Michigan. So, like, hey, I just don't. Hey, you know what, Nolan? Hmm. You know, like small businesses, no go. You can't eat inside, but we still need professional sports. <laughs> Damn it, Nolan. If there's one thing the people of Michigan need. <laughs> if there's one thing the people of Michigan do not need, it's sports at all, not even professional. Like college. No. I watched that Michigan took Rutgers to triple OT, barely squeaked out a victory. Um, prime time on Saturday night. Uh I just, I mean, I'm looking at it, and if you give the the, the teams who didn't play an extra week of training camp, that means they report December 8th. And I don't see that so like being possible. Two weeks from now? Pretty much. <laughs> so, I, I guess, like, what, what do you think the NHL is waiting for? Because something tells me that they are holding out hope to have fans, that they are in denial about having fans this season. Yeah, you know, if that's what they're hung up on, I I, I feel bad for them because um, I just don't see that happening anytime soon. Um, maybe once the summer rolls around, but, I mean, are they going to do 82? I just don't know, dude. I don't know how they're going to condense this and get it back to normal and have this many, this many games with COVID going on and these guys are together all the time, all the time. Mm-hmm. I just, dude, I don't know. I'm traveling and everything. And we'll I see, guess, yeah, and like I'm, I'm just curious to know, like, because we've heard about the potential division realignments and things like that. But uh, I mean, I, I think if the all, all three of the other sports like had their seasons, NFL, MLB, and NBA, if they all have their seasons, the NHL has to figure out a way to play. I don't think it's going to be okay if the NHL doesn't figure it out. See, Darren Helm was part of the return to play committee. No, I did not. Yeah, he is. He's probably the captain of the return to play committee. Darren yeah. Helm. He walks in the he walks in the room first. Well, that'd be good because every time he actually, I don't know. I was gonna try and think of a joke. I know something I about like something about like every time he talks, it hits Bill Daly right in the chest. Yeah. So, or something yeah. like that. Right. Verbal yeah, verbal joke creation there for you here at the Lockdown yeah. Runnings podcast. That's why you guys listen. Um, another quote from Bill Daly. He says, realistically, if we're going to start in the first part of January, mandatory training camps are going to have to start in the middle of December. In some of our markets, there are continued to be quarantine requirements associated with players coming into town. So you factor in those and you back it up from there. I would ultimately concur with the conclusion that time is getting short. You know, you know, do you know, do you know how tired I am of this lawyeristic speak of 
man, this is, I mean, this is what we want to do, but we're not going to be rushed into it. I know it's getting close. Don't know. Don't know what to tell you guys. I'll get back with you. All right. Bill, Bill Daly and Gary Bettman are the most, two most boring dudes that can run a, 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 a professional sports league. I would agree with that. And as we get closer, my question to you is this, because I think we all agreed that uh, in some way or another that you're like, all right, it's the NHL. They're kind of a joke, but they are a professional sports league. They'll figure it out. They'll get it together. What are the chances that the NHL like actually severely botches this? And by that, I mean, doesn't have a season, doesn't get a season started until March or April, even dare I say, I mean, that's, that would be kind of, unheard of but like when has like where is the urgency in the decision making and i just don't see that coming from anywhere and the way that these guys keep talking it sounds like they're not really considering much else outside of that january 1st start date and they're like all right well you know we're going to try to get done if not we're going to have to recalculate well then what does the recalculation process look like is that start in the middle of december like that's the thing that's frustrating to me is that there, there have been no steps that have been presented. There has been zero show of progress in the last however many months. I know, too, even in the original return to play, like all of the TSN guys were tweeting about, hey, this is happening. People are still getting together. Progress is being made. But there really hasn't been anything. I don't know about the whole February, March, April. I mean, I thought the original plan was to come back early February. The original plan was to come back early December. And then they pushed it back to January 1, and now that's less than 40 days away. And if you are thinking that there has to be two weeks of quarantine on top of two weeks of training camp before the season starts, that's four weeks, which is 28 days. And then you factor in that seven teams are going to have an extra seven days cut off of that then they have about five days to make <laughs> the, to announce the plans that the, that the players are going to come back in the way that we thought it was. So then realistically, we, we would be thinking, what, late January, early February? Probably late. I, I think I've been pessimistic about a lot of stuff uh, involving the coronavirus and the NHL to this point. Uh, I did not think that they were going to get a bubble done. They proved me wrong. So we could be proven wrong again. Uh, but I, I've thought all along February 1 is a more realistic start date. And now as we continue to get into this, I think it's inevitable. Yeah. You know, we're in the danger zone, Nolan. Odds we won't have a season. Give me odds right now. What What's 20%. the latest date? Wow. Ooh, okay. Okay. I'll put it at like 15. Because there's like, there's, there's a lot of moving pieces and. Uh, How many? multiple okay uh you know you got like the ahl involved in that too and like the mlb just said fine we're not going to have minor leagues this year and you're going to have like a taxi squad that's a little bit kind of increased and, and things like that but i don't know man i just don't like where this is heading and i don't have a lot of confidence in the nhl despite the fact that they did pull off the bubble and they should have earned a bit of the benefit of the doubt i don't have confidence in them at all to to do this in a productive way. How much of an effect do you think the players have on uh, this return to play not working out? I'm sure uh, probably pretty little. Like, I mean, I, I think it's a situation 
kind of like we saw in baseball where there were original terms negotiated on and then things appeared to be worse than regular. Now the, the owners are trying to say, oh, we want to be, uh, to be able to recoup more. Uh, what's it called? What's that escrow and, and things like that. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I think that that is, I think that the delay is probably a situation of the owners negotiating either in bad faith or wanting to uh, take back a couple of the promises they made, which is a load of bullshit. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I can see the players saying is, you know, it, I mean, they don't want to do another bubble. There's going to have to be, they're probably going to ask for more restrictions in terms, well, just more safety. Mm-hmm. you know, uh, checks. I wouldn't say restrictions. Nobody's going to ask for restrictions, but I, I could see them trying to angle for more safety in it, but yeah. it's, I still think it's, it's going to be pretty hard to do. I mean, you can't make these players locked out when they go home. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we'll, we'll keep you updated on, on that situation. Unfortunately, we all follow a team that has not played since March. So it's becoming increasingly frustrating at the prospect of not having a season because, We've been waiting for a really, really long time. Uh, But before we get out of here today, we do have two more quick notes. It's at Mo Sider uh, is skipping the World Junior Championship Tournament. He was eligible uh, to play but decided not to. Uh, I have a quote here from Red Wings assistant GM Ryan Martin. He said, we left it up to the player. He has made the decision that he would like to continue playing with Rogel as opposed to the World Juniors. We would have been – we had – we would have been supportive of whatever he wanted to do. I like this move a lot. The only thing it really tells me, and maybe I'm just making an assumption out of nothing, but what it tells me is that Mo Sider doesn't feel like he needs to go to the World Juniors to build any sort of confidence and that playing in the SHL, what's you know widely known as top three league in the world, uh, is, is good enough competition for him. And he doesn't need to, to play against younger kids to kind of you know maybe get his – confidence boost or something like that he said four words when they asked him he's like just don't want too good that's (laughs) it it. he's like what what he has nothing left to prove why would he go and play against kids when he's been playing against men for three years yeah uh so then the last thing before we get you out of here we do have our friends at the uh the lockdown senators podcast ross and brandon they had timmy stutzla the third overall pick on their podcast Monday. Go check that out if you haven't done so already. And Tim was asked a question about his relationship with Big Mo, and this is what he said. So the rehab is going very good. Oh, wrong video. So we want to talk about the rise in German talent, the but I want to start specifically with a guy you've played with at a few different levels, Maurice Sider. Have you guys talked about the possibility, maybe down the road, of a Detroit-Ottawa playoff series? You guys going head-to-head? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that would be great. So uh, I definitely want to make make the playoffs with Ottawa and uh, want to win something. So that's my, my biggest goal and to play there. Uh, for sure, it's a big honor. And Mo and me are good friends. So we talk a lot about each other. So that's been a lot of fun. But we don't always talk about hockey. We also talk about life. So uh, yeah, we're just good friends. And uh, hopefully he's going to play in Detroit next season. Especially. So there you have it. Uh... My first question, what do you think that Mo Sider and Tim Stutzla like to do for fun together? Like when they hang out, what do you think they do? Um, boring answer, video games. Um, real answer, uh, rock climbing. You think so? Yeah. All right. I like that a lot, staying active. 
I, I pictured them like when I first thought of that question, I pictured them going to the mall together for some reason. Indoor rock climbing wall in the mall. But in in my brain, it's the nineties. So huh. when I okay. see it, weird. I don't know. So that's actually where like my question came from earlier of just like, isn't it weird to like yearn for the future when it comes to the Red Wings and like think about who they might be competing against when they are finally contenders. Cause that'll be interesting to see too. You often think about it in the context of who is leading the league right now, but like there's going to be a, there's, it's going to be a new regime uh, in a couple of years. It's gonna be a lot of different teams that are at top of their divisions, things like that. So uh I could not be more excited for these next couple of years in Detroit. I know, you know, we're going to live through a time where Pittsburgh's not great again. And yeah. Washington's not great. I mean, that, that those are going to hit sooner than later too. Nashville's going to be hitting that bottom much sooner than later. Isn't it crazy to think that Sidney Crosby's career is almost over and Ovechkin's career is almost over? Like how many years like left 35? do we have of Alex Ovechkin in the NHL? It's scary. It's really scary to think about. They've been, what, 15, 16-year careers already? Yep. So, yeah. But, uh, all right, I think that's all we got for you guys today. Like I said, rate, review, subscribe. I believe we will be back Wednesday, although we're trying to book an interview. So, if that happens, uh, we'll be back Thursday. Uh, Keep it locked in right here. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Red Wings, and that's where you'll find out whether or not we post an episode. Or you can just check your your subscription, see if it downloaded. Uh, Regardless, we'll see you back here. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Goodbye.